Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. This is episode number eight. Welcome to the uh, Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. And today we have Alicia Drummond, founder of Teen Tips. Good morning. Good morning. It's very nice to be with you. It's very nice to have you here. And now uh, we just talked about Teen Tips. Uh, That's a very, very quick introduction. Can you just uh, tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do? please yeah absolutely so i am a a uk bacp accredited therapist and i qualified back in 2009 and uh, the school where my kids were uh, they said oh alicia you do that listening thing i was like yep that's five years training but that's fine um can you come teach kids so i literally started off teaching communication and listening skills to teenagers in schools and uh, but then I was always working as a therapist and so the therapy you know when you're working with teenagers in therapy actually the frustration is that you're always sending them back into the same environments and I just thought if we could just tweak the environments just a tiny bit because you know everybody's doing the best that they can on the whole but if we could make a few tweaks then perhaps we could um, prevent quite so many of them needing therapy in the first place and so I started running I did a lot of training in parenting and um, uh, the whole kind of family systems and started working uh, running courses for parents which the schools were booking and they'd asked me to come in to talk to the staff and it's gradually grown so that we've now been running what is it 11 years um now working over 124 schools i think it is and wow. um, we're taking a lot of stuff online so um well uh, you know we can come to that later but but we do uh, pretty much all that we do is about helping schools and parents create emotionally healthy environments for for teenagers and young people and because adolescents really can start anywhere from eight now um you know yeah. i think that's a surprise for everybody it's for the younger ones as well awesome i mean we found ourselves saying quite a bit recently that it's um it's frustrating because it, parenting doesn't come with a manual and and you're dealing with all of these dramas i mean we we have two 17 year olds so we've done Mm -hmm. the teenage thing with boys we've not done the teenage thing with girls yet but our 11 year old is starting to head that way and um, and it's terrifying i mean we we're both ex-teachers so we've spent most of our working lives dealing with stroppy teenagers and and less stroppy teenagers and everything in between and and yet when you're faced with it with your own Mm -hmm. child it feels very different so yeah any support and advice you've got for all of us <laughs> on parenting we take on board because it's well, okay so I'm going to challenge you because I think the first thing we have to do is we have to view them with a positive light and kind of thinking of them as going to be strongly difficult teenagers <laughs> uh, funnily enough becomes often a self-fulfilling prophecy so I guess the first thing is is you know thinking of this as I think it's the best part of parenting having done it a few times um <laughs> but i also recognize and you're right they don't come with a manual and if they did come with a manual that's usually run out by the time they're about five uh, and there seems to be quite a big gap in terms of you know and it is diff- it's so different you have to change your parenting style otherwise you end up just really disconnected from them um, and that's when it doesn't work at all on any level yeah well we i mean we're very lucky she's very very kind of chilled out and and lovely and has a very sunny disposition but we're mm. just we're starting to see those first few kind of pushing the boundaries mm. um 
reacting irrationally and things and 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 i know because i've kind of done a little bit of research around it i know it's you know her brain is doing all sorts of crazy things and developing in at different stages and so she's she's not so in control of what's going on and the hormones are all kicking in and she's trying to deal with all of this this craziness at once and i just need to keep reminding myself that when this mini drama bursts out i will be getting my my wonderful daughter back shortly absolutely no of course course you i think this is it isn't it it's about keeping the communication going and for us to be able to stay as the adults you know because it's much more difficult for them to control the emotional outbursts than it should be for us so if we can stay calm uh not take too many things too personally um it's just you know often it's that kind of what arrow can I chuck at the moment because I'm angry and I'm and I'm upset and I don't really know how to deal with this so so looking after ourselves I think is quite important um they use that analogy of the flying uh putting a putting your own life vest on first and I think that's absolutely right we need to we need to have our own support systems in place just so that we can actually be there for them yeah. it's a difficult transition isn't it adolescence it is it's uh, yeah it's a whole new world you're kind of some people are still thinking of you as a child some people are starting to say yes but you should be acting more like an adult now and it's got to be really really difficult i mean mm. i can vaguely remember back that far and it was mm-hmm. it was not much fun um at the time and i don't want to go back frankly no I, I mean it's interesting isn't it because i always say oh the best days in life but actually i wonder genuinely if we were all given a choice or given the option to time travel how many of us actually would go back and do that particular kind of probably five years all over again i sure as hell wouldn't nope. <laughs> but that's probably why probably why i do what i do now because it was such, such a nightmare <laughs> so um you uh, you have a course about um, helping parents to understand the, the teenage brain, I believe. Um, what what is it that parents? Can you give us the kind of very quick blurb about what parents should know that helps them to understand why teenagers are okay. teenagers? I think the bit that's particularly relevant for you and what you're doing is the part of the brain which is. Uh, you know they're kind of wired for uh, excitement novelty and uh, a bit of experimentation and um, frankly uh, revision uh, provides uh, not one single one of those things Uh, (laughs) so for them to be able to you know because it's not novel it's not it's not exciting frankly most of the time Um, and there's always something and they don't have that impulse control either so it's much harder for them to resist for example, um, you know, the allure of, of social media or gaming to settle down and, and do revisions. So it's, it's just understanding that that is the way they are wired. They're not trying to be difficult. It's just really, really hard for them to have that level of self, self-control. And, and, and also that they're not really wired to be able to see the outcome either, long, especially long term um so uh, you know i mean i've worked with, i worked with one last year so funny who's like he came and he was having trouble getting motivated to do revision and um i was like well so how long have you got until the actual exams start and he said oh god it's just it's such a nightmare there forever it's like eight days and so and <laughs> you and i sitting there thinking eight 
days. What are you talking about? You really haven't started. Uh, but for him, that still felt like eternity. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's break this down. How many hours of that are you going to be asleep? How many hours of that are you going to be eating? Or blah, 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 blah. Um, and when he could start to see it in literally in terms of small pockets of time mm. and actually realistically how much time he actually had, suddenly he could get that sense of, oh, okay, right, now I, I've got that. So enough of a sense of urgency to sit down. But by the same time, we don't want to send them spinning in the opposite direction um, uh, into full-blown panic. I haven't got enough time you know mm. it's that fine balancing act i think with teenagers yeah i think if they look at the bigger picture um they they don't understand where to start and we've talked yeah. a lot about just trying to do small um but effective pockets of revision rather than this i must do eight days of revision it, that to a team they just can't do that they can't get the concept no. they've got to do half an hour yeah. here an hour there and that seems to work far yeah. far better yeah. yeah, well, always, uh, probably like you, I say you're far better off doing three full on slots of 20 minutes than sitting down thinking I'm going to do an hour and a half. You spend half an hour faffing around, then you get going, but then your brain switches off because actually it's got a bit bored by now. And you only end up doing it an hour and a half, half an hour, whereas you could have done an hour of really quality stuff. Um, and it sit, so it just sits better with how they're wired to work. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that on previous podcasts. So we talk about presenteeism. They're at the desk. They're there for the hour and a half, but yeah. not a lot's happening. Yeah. Whereas if you did a, a focus 20 minutes um, yeah. and then had a break, it's just, yeah, it's so much. Fun. And I think we all operate a little bit like that, don't we? But I oh, think yeah. teenagers are particularly, because of the way their brains are wired, you know, they are particularly uh, vulnerable to distraction, shall we say. And we're both amazing at procrastinating. And I think actually we learnt it off our daughter, who is the queen. Uh, and I don't apologise for saying that. She is just amazing at it. Something that I'm sure by the time she's 16, we'll have hopefully got a little bit of a, a lid on. But yeah, I think also you've got to understand um, people's resistance because resistance is that it's that wall between thinking about something and doing something. And it and it'll be different for everybody. So. And this always sounds a bit weird, I think, when I when I talk to parents about it. But, you know, actually some of them will be as as frightened of succeeding as they are of failing. Mm. You know, if you're if your whole sense of of being OK, you know, because the, the focus is on on being academic, for example. And if carrying on being academic means that you're going to end up always living somebody else's version of your lives, then self-sabotage can creep in and actually that's um that uh delaying tactic procrastination is one of the ways that we self-sabotage isn't it having said that for others and i know i'm one of them uh just having a little bit of a sense of urgency is what gets me to sit down sometimes and just get on with it so again it's a balancing act isn't it yeah and it's about getting to know yourself and your how, how you work best isn't it and and whether you need that deadline or whether you um whether you're quite good at kind of getting it over with and and looking at it that way if i get this done now then yeah. i've got lots of time to not worry about it whereas there are some people who just work best under pressure 
and yeah. like to leave it to the last minute and that works for them it's just it's challenging as a parent to see that happening with your team because yeah. you're thinking oh my goodness their exams are in eight days and they're thinking mm -hmm. yeah but i'll get it all done it'll be fine yeah it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Yes. and we've got a few of our teams that we uh, help to mentor and uh, one of them particularly the penny has just dropped and the change from and then 10 days ago to today is is huge because they've realized that actually there is a lot of work to do and yeah. it is you know there is a bigger picture out there they know what they want to do after school and they need to work to get there so um and i think that's, that's also moment. is it engaging yeah. with that idea of where you want to end up yeah. because um you know it's hard to, to motivate yourself to do something if you don't if you don't have an end goal in mind of some description yeah, we've um, we couldn't agree more. That's uh, we've set up for our members a goal setting masterclass to help kids actually engage with what life could look like in ten years time. Because so few of them think about it, they don't have any clue about things like, you know, what what will they have to pay in rent out of in terms of a proportion of their income? What will go on rent and on bills and on taxes? And it's just getting some kind of concept of how how that could look for them and and what skills they could be using because when um most of us were growing up and going through the school system talking to parents here you we were still very much in the era where you'd you'd have one career like you'd start in a in a business and you'd work your way up and and that would be it whereas now yeah nowadays it's really i think the average is about 10 different jobs and and by that i mean as in in slightly differing fields for people because people move around a little bit more there's lots more online training there's more mm. opportunities to change and do something a little bit different and mm -hmm. so for for kids to think about what um what skills they've got what um what they actually love doing can uh, can really help them to get a bit of a better idea of what life could look like because they tend to go with what they see if you've got kids growing up in a family of teachers like ours are you know heaven forfend they end up working in in schools because they haven't seen anything else we want to make sure that they've got those those options that they've seen the big wide world and, and all the things that it could offer and yeah. uh, and that's something that i think mm. a lot of parents struggle to do and schools just don't provide schools, for it anymore. I mean, yeah. when we started our careers about 15 years ago, um, there was a part of the curriculum called life skills. Um, it was uh, an actual lesson and you, everyone had to do it. And, and it was throughout the whole school from years seven through to 13. Um, and that's gone, you know, because the government has said you must do eight lessons and it's got to be, you know, maths, English, science and have many others. And um, all the kind of, life skills essentially are taught in tutorial time which generally for most schools is either completely wasted or spent doing revision for exams or catch up for coursework or and it's it's just been lost and you so, must see a lot of this because when yeah. kids find if you've got a really massively creative child who is fantastic at all sorts of creative things and then they go to school and they're they're not so great at the academics and they spend all day basically feeling rubbish about themselves that's got to be something that leads them quite directly to you in terms of therapy because it must be an awful feeling to well i think we i think we've got a bit kind of the whole education at the moment i think has got a bit 
off track, shall we say, in that I don't think it's really preparing them for the job markets of the future, right. where, as you say, flexibility is going to be hugely important. And in order to be flexible, you have to have a certain number of basic skills in place. So creativity is one of them. You can't be flexible if you can't be creative. Um, social skills, I think, are going to become more and more and more important, um, particularly as the, the machines take over uh, the sort of stuff that can be automated. Um, that idea of initiative uh, and the critical thinking, you know, so, and, and what are we still teaching them for? We're, we're still teaching them how to pass exams, yep. um, you know, how to learn stuff, which frankly you can Google in 2.2 seconds, even <laughs> if you're as slow at typing as somebody like my mother. Um, <laughs> sorry, ma'am. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it's those transferable skills, you know, um, but I think parents and schools are often playing catch up with this you know and, and I get parents who are really anxious about the academics and you, you kind of say well really going you know yeah okay the academics help open doors at the moment but that's really all they do is they just all open a door to the next stage and 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 if you don't open one door there is always another door and maybe your child doesn't shouldn't be kind of trying to be uh, squeezed through the, the high-flying academic store when actually their passion is more about the creativity um, which you know I know is is frightening if you, if you, as a parent you're a, a kind of high-flying lawyer or, or, a, or a teacher or a doctor or somebody who's had a profession uh, the idea of your children going off-piste and having a, a portfolio career uh, would, might be really challenging for you um, I remember one of mine went off to university and then rang up and, and said, Mum, I'm doing the wrong course in the wrong university at the wrong time. Um, I don't think I should be here. And I'm like, oh. So I said, well, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I'm going to give it a month because you don't actually have to pay at university if you only spend a month. That's quite a good tip for parents. Um, do the month, try it all out. If at the end of the month I still don't want to do this, then I'm, I'll... And I said, well, as long as you come back with a plan B, that's absolutely fine. So plan B was that she went to, to train as an outdoor instructor. And of course, my husband was going, oh, my God, she's never going to earn a living. This is a disaster. I was like, just sure, should be quiet. Let her get on with it. And uh, we did a couple of years of teaching um, um she was teaching quite a lot of special needs kids how to climb and sail and all kinds of amazing things and uh, and then she said now i'm ready to go to university and um she's doing psychology coaching um but i said she said what do you think that matter i said no you've got to think of transferable skills so you've done been able to motivate people you've been able to do risk assessments you've led sessions so you've had to do the critical thinking about what people's needs might be there's so much more that i think is going to become all of those soft skills going to become more and more important as we go forward mm. so i think it's us as parents actually being able to take a step back and go give them give them the lead you know what this I'm, i can't live your future for you you know all i would ask is that you put in enough effort now that you don't have any regrets further down the line and if, if that's the way you approach all of this you know you'll be you'll, you'll be fine put in the work now so you don't have the regrets later yeah love it focusing on the journey just focus on the journey because if you get the journey right the results generally kind of take care of themselves and, and even even if you get the whole journey right 
you know, there's the chance you walk in on the day, you feel sick, you've got a pounding migraine, you, uh, the paper just isn't the one that you wanted. So many things, but, but at least you did all you could to get yourself, mm. get yourself there. I mean, that probably answers my next question because I was going to ask about what's your top tip for uh, navigating exam stress for teens? But oh. probably the answer is maybe as long as they feel that they've done the best they could, really they shouldn't feel stressed because they have they've done their end of the deal as it were well i think partly that but i always actually say to them you know what a certain amount of stress is not a bad thing going into an exam you know you've got three different types of stress you've got performance stress you've got health anxiety and you've got uh, relationship stress those are the three things that generally cause us most most worry and you know of the three the only one that can be beneficial really is the performance anxiety because there's a lot of research to show that when we're moderately stressed going into a high pressure situation we actually perform better so our brain literally grows to overcome the challenge so when i'm working with them in the schools i do a I do a whole talk for year 11 on uh, managing exam stress and, and i showed them a ruler and i'll say okay so down at zero to one totally chilled not remotely stressed about it and gradually going up you know until you get to a 10 at which point the chance of you actually getting into the door of the exam room are fairly minimal because it's too stressful where would you put yourself and there's always a few a uh, bit of a generalization but often the boys there's always a few that will say oh yeah no completely zero to two um and then it kind of goes up from there and the majority are sitting around a five and I say that that's really where you want to be. So those of you who are zero to two, you want to go and hang out with the guys who are sitting up at eight, nine, because it's really catching that stress. And you could do being a bit more pumped up and ready for action because the adrenaline's going, you're thinking faster. And those of you who are up at an eight or nine, you want to hang out with the really chilled ones um, because being up at an eight or nine is not helpful because you're very close to going into fight, flight or freeze, at which point you can't focus, you know, even to the point that your pupils dilate and you can't read the small print properly. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, it's getting them to understand that stress per se is not bad, mm. provided you understand how to manage it. Um, and there's a really great thing called anxiety reappraisal, which is just helping them to think about when you start to feel anxious about something that you're going into, so an exam, instead of telling yourself you feel anxious, tell yourself you feel excited. And if you keep repeating that message, the brain flicks because there's no difference in the physical responses between excitement and anxiety. So your body will feel the same inside. But if you tell yourself you're anxious, then you risk going into fight or flight. If you tell yourself you're excited, you won't go into fight or flight. And there's quite a lot of research about it. But I think just giving them a few little tools like that can be really helpful so that they feel, uh, they feel um, like they've got a certain level of control. Um, and then a few quick fire things to help them calm down if it really is uh, all becoming a bit too, too much. Yeah, I, um, that is an absolute top tip because I know, I mean, over our years, we, we've seen children basically talk themselves out of being able to walk into an exam room and and that would be a really useful way to look at it, actually, because mm. you're right, it does feel the same. And yeah. it's just, it's it's knowing that tip to then be able to, to reframe slightly. So, uh, so parents yeah. don't take anything else away from this. That is the one 
to make sure yes. you tell your kids i think yeah yeah the reframing you know because what was that that great quote whether you think you can or you think you can't you're probably right mm -hmm. so it's that you know you might as well you've done the work you've got to this point you might as well tell yourself that actually whatever happens i'm going to be okay and i'm in an hour and a half or two hours i'll walk out of here and it'll be done yeah so, and it's exciting because it's nearly over you put in the hard work by now hopefully <laughs> if not then you have every right sorry i missed that you know, so that's probably how teachers feel about observations where there's a massive run up to it uh, build up and a week beforehand you're planning 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 and then at the end of the day it is only half an hour an hour or whatever it is and then it's done and there really is no need to worry about it but pretty okay. much every teacher on the planet <laughs> does yeah of course it is it's performance anxiety because we all you know you get used to your audience don't you so I don't feel particularly phased standing up talking in front of parents or, or students now, but I still get, if, if weirdly, <laughs> if I know there's a psychologist in the audience, that will take up your stress levels because it's a fellow professional. Um, and I think we all underneath it have a little bit of that imposter syndrome going on. Um, or, or for me, if, if I think there's a headmaster in the room, that generally uh, makes the whole thing a whole lot more stressful. So, you know, I think from the teaching perspective, holding that empathy that actually you do know what this feels like and the best way to calm people down is using using empathy rather than sort of trying to push them or rescue them. Um, actually, do you know what? I know this is really, really tough. I know this is really tough and I do believe you can do it. Yeah, I think that's probably a conversation that's going on around the country a lot at the moment because we're recording this at the time of um, schools are kind of very will they won't they in terms of closures because of yep. coronavirus and yep. so I think there are a lot of very very anxious teenagers out there and and it's an important conversation to have that actually it's a perfectly valid response to what's going yep. on yep. but we can only control what we can control and that's pretty much ourselves so yep allowing yourself to get all stressed out and panicky about everything isn't going to help anyone least of all you so reframing and yeah. thinking do you know what what's the silver lining here might be a, a good way to to look at things yeah yeah and i think you know with the, the i mean it, it's serious what's going on at the moment mm. you know uh, there was one of the headmasters was talking about on Twitter about it being like World War Three, and I thought we have to be really careful of the language we're using because I don't think that's helpful. Everybody is stressed enough, you know. Those of us running small businesses, you're wondering, am I going to be able to pay everybody? Yeah. The teenagers, am I even going to get to sit these exams? What's going to happen? I've got two doing finals this year. You know, what do what's that? How's that going to look? And I'm going, and I keep saying to them, I appreciate that for you. I'm an individual level this is really really frightening because it is a lot of us are feeling at that anxious uh what's going to happen but you're all going to be in the same boat so a plan has to be a national plan and in fact it's going to be a global plan so try try and focus outwards rather than inwards and you know believe in the system because uh we're not in totally uncharted territories but fairly uncharted territories and we do come up with a plan we will be okay you know and your exams maybe you will sit there maybe you won't sit them but uh, no it's in nobody's interest um 
you know, not to have something that you can move forward to the next step with. So it, we will be okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, aside from the, the coronavirus discussion, what, what do you think is the, uh, the biggest issue facing teams at the moment? Oh my goodness, where do you want me to start? (laughs) (laughs) I think the pressure to perform. I think uh, this kind of toxic drive for perfectionism. I think think parents and families feeling more disjointed. um, And, you know, because we don't live as we always have lived in the past. We don't live in small communities. And I don't think that's that's been very helpful. Um, I mean, in some ways, I'm hoping that this whole coronavirus uh, nightmare is going to give parents and, and families time to reconnect and time to just slow down and take a, a step backwards and, and be a little bit more reflective about actually when it when push comes to shove, which it feels like at the moment, what really, really matters here and its relationships. And I think a lot of the teenagers that I work with have are quite a lot of them feel lonely and when you talk to them I say I'm thinking oh gosh are you talking about being at school no they're talking about feeling lonely often at home because we're all living like you know these little satellite lives so I think that's unhelpful uh social media I think has its amazing pluses um I think it the the thing you have there is that compare and despair culture can be uh, corrosive and toxic um I think the, the kind of if you look at the whole drugs pornography gaming the addictive nature of so much of what is now incredibly easily available is unhelpful is that enough to keep you going that's, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of parents listening and nodding furiously <laughs> yes, that is, yeah that's what yeah. i'm worried about right now yeah. we're definitely sitting there nodding so yeah definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. um so with um I mean, particularly at the moment, but in general, there is, um, as a parent of a teenager, there, there tends to be more potential for conflict. Uh, so more potential for conflict as a family and um, kind of between parents and teenagers, particularly for those of us currently facing two weeks trapped in a house all together with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, without the usual outlets for you know, getting out and having a little bit of space. So have you got any tips for helping to prevent or to manage conflict with your teen that, that parents could take away and, and perhaps put into, put into play? Well, we have actually just today put out a tip sheet on the website. So you can, they can go there. If you sign up on the mail, mailing list, uh, there's a whole guide of, of suggestions uh, for coping with um being you know as you say or being cooped up together I think uh, recognizing that particularly perhaps for teenagers being isolated from their friends is really really difficult you know they are wired for social interaction and, and, and particularly with the peer group um, and, and maybe this is a moment when actually uh, tech is your best friend you know because there's some fantastic stuff out there you know go and learn how to play guitar because you can you can teach yourself anything on youtube can't you so uh our modeling is important um you know how are we using the time just just giving people space where it where it's needed so even in the smallest um spaces we can generally carve out somewhere that if it's all getting too much somebody can take themselves off there and have a bit of time out 
um, and, um, um, and st sort of creating opportunities to do things that are going to build communication. Um, so whether that's a board game I'm looking at at the moment, our favourite board game in this house is Rummy Cub, which we pay non-stop because it's a great game, isn't it? Um, but cards... We're, we're on Cluedo at the moment. Cluedo is our, our current obsession. We say ours. It's we not mean our, our obsession, daughters. our daughters, yeah. Uh, yeah Rummy Cub's <laughs> yeah. one to get uh, you know, and just kind of, I was just, I love all the little, uh, you know, they're using the TikTok videos and all of that kind of stuff. You can let them get creative. There was a brilliant one this morning with a guy who is, who is normally a triathlete. So you saw him shooting across his his, his uh, lounge on a, um, lying on a, a skateboard pretending to swim. And then he comes <laughs> jogging back in his lycra. And then the third time round, he's, uh, he's there on one of his kids' bikes. So he's just, you know, his knees are up round his... And then he's creating the next video was... Uh, you know, sitting on a sofa, and he'd obviously made a cutout of what the back of the sofa and a cushion looked like. So he was then camouflaging, and you know, and that, that, that kind of stuff's fun. Why not make yeah. a few crazy videos together, or you know, get use the tech for to help you? And you can do yoga classes, you can do you can do exercise classes. Yeah, we are all confined to barracks at the moment, but with a little bit of creativity and imagination, uh, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, and obviously if, if as parents you're really stressed, which I know a lot of parents will be at the moment, uh, financial reasons, job, all kinds of things, you know, just holding the moments. So, so focusing on the small moments that we can have where actually we're just in the now because we are adaptable creatures, but the trouble is that we haven't really had to adapt an awful lot for a very, very long time, probably for a generation. You know, it's been a fairly smooth ride. And so, so believing in our, in our ability to adapt and be resilient, um, I think is important. And modelling that for our kids as well. Yeah, definitely. We're, um, we're leaning towards learning to touch type, I think. Um, that's... That's going to be something that will make a big difference to her as she gets older. She'll be able to uh, to do her various kind of study things, you know, essays and what have you, a little bit faster. She'll be able to DM her friends faster. So yeah. we're doing that, we've currently left her designing one of those chain reaction machines. So goodness only knows what state the house will be in once she's done. But um, I think it's it's the opportunities to do those little creative things that you yeah. you wouldn't normally do, and because you're all kind of cooped up together and, and a lot of parents aren't going out to work it means you've got time yeah. to do that stuff I mean TikTok yeah. will eat up very much of your life if you start getting into it I'm yeah. warning now listeners but <laughs> it's also so much fun so um yes um, I yeah. might have to be restrained from starting on that um there's a, um, I don't know if you've seen the Dyson Foundation. The Dyson Foundation is a great website and they've got this whole thing about sparking creativity and for young engineers. And one of the projects they had on there, which I just thought was brilliant, was uh, can you make a bridge out of spaghetti that is strong enough to hold a pound bag of sugar? Oh, nice. Uh, and I'm guessing the kind of run on the pasta shelves means that most of us have got a decent amount of spaghetti in the house at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not? Let's go for it do something fun and a bit different and a bit weird and get and, and and build those soft skills that as you said earlier you know they're not getting 
so much in in school we've got a chance to do that now yeah absolutely um right so uh, if parents are listening to this and thinking well this all sounds fantastic i'd like to hear more about this um, where can they find you? How can they get hold of your courses and things? How can okay. You- so teentips.co.uk. So teen as in teenager, tips as in T-I-P-S. Um, .co.uk. They can sign up there to get, uh, and then you'll get lots of resources. There's lots of online courses, so you can go one module at a time through the parenting course. We are just about, uh, all things being equal, we are just about to launch a parents club, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, So it's an online, it'll be an online club, and it's got, um, so it's got the whole of the parenting course, which you get over the course of the, of the subscription. It's got a q and it'll have a parents forum, so it's not gonna be the wild west of others uh, because it's a closed forum and um, you can answer, Q&A, you can answer any question, we'll come back and answer it within about 48 hours is the aim. It's got a directory of therapists, it's got, uh, and we're gonna put in a huge amount of content, including podcasts, um, blogs so all the time every week there'll be something new going in there um so we're really excited about that that's due to launch at the beginning of june i think if we can get it going quicker we will just because whilst everybody's um in these kind of uncertain times it might be something that's really helpful so and and if you've got a question you're more than welcome to fire it in and um because I can always add it to the FAQs in the club. So very happy to answer questions if people have got them. Fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much for, for giving up your time. And uh, we'll, make sure, we'll make sure we put all the, uh, the links and things in the show notes so that people can come and find you, get themselves on the mailing list and get those tips for when you're cooped up with your kids over the next few weeks. Yep. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's a huge pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. It's lovely chatting to you both. And uh, and good luck to everybody who is doing GCSEs and A-levels. And whatever happens, you will be okay. You are bigger than the collection of certificates you will pick up. Thank you very much for being up with us. If you'd like to know more about how you can support your child through their GCSEs, then head over to parentguide.gcse.com. See you next time.